and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. This is the match build-up show for FC Dallas versus New York City FC on September 22nd, which is a Sunday. I'm Dustin Nation, and joining me fresh uh, off the plane from his heartbreaking pregame rejection by the Seattle Sounders supporters group is Jonathan Roz. Welcome back, Jonathan. Hey, hey Dustin. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to be back, like you said. I mean, I've, uh, I spent the week in Seattle at least a few days there. Um, was, uh, was, was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit here in the, in the build up show, but glad, glad to, uh, glad to be back talking to, talking to you. I'm glad to talk to you as well. I am this week. We're going to be talking a little bit about the hall of fame game. And that is the, um, game every year. And that kind of coincides with the U S soccer hall of fame inductions. And, uh, this year FC Dallas hosts New York city FC. But a little bit about the Hall of Fame induction this year. They've got Abby Wambach and Sunil Galati both being inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. And then the, on Saturday night, the night before the match, there's a concert by One Republic, The Fray, and Malin Jarman uh, where you can go and, you know, take in some good tunes right on the field that's about to be played on the next day. So uh, don't don't spill anything on the field. Uh, so, hey, I'll, I'll I'll actually uh, be there for the concert. Are you going by any chance, Dustin? I uh, didn't didn't get tickets this year, so gonna do do the family thing on on Saturday night and then abandon them for the game on Sunday night. So, all right. Well, it's been it's been a, a hot minute since we've had an episode. I think the last episode we had was the Chicago Build Up Show, and you know, lots happened since then. We've had two matches. One was the a really embarrassing 4-0 defeat to Chicago. Uh, we yielded the Brimstone Cup to Chicago. No longer do we hold that supporters trophy. Uh, I wrote about my some thoughts on that game. It was, it was not, like, don't go back and watch it. It's, it's not uh, something you want to relive by any means. I, I did write about it on DallasSoccerShow.com. It's our first self-published article. So go check that out if you, if you, uh, I want to see me scribbling onto, onto stats, pictures, and stuff like that. Um, and then on Wednesday, FC Dallas traveled to Seattle to play the Seattle Sounders. It ended in a nil-nil draw, but FC Dallas was able to take away that very rare point uh, from Seattle. We're, they have a pretty abysmal record up there, and we're able to come away with a point that time. Jonathan, you were actually there in Seattle. Uh, why don't you... For those of us who've never been to a Sounders match, why don't you give us a little, you know, thoughts on what that was like? Yeah, so it, it all actually happened uh, pretty last minute. So I have a, a cousin that uh, that lives in Seattle. She's a huge Seattle supporter. Um, she's actually part of the the ECS, so the the supporters group for uh, the Seattle Sounders. Uh, we we were we happened to be texting a, a few days uh, before the match, and she said, "Hey, you should come out and uh, and watch uh, Dallas and Seattle play." And I was like, "You know what the hell." I'm going to go out there, um, have a good time. I've been there one time before. Uh, I think it was back in 2015. FC Dallas got stomped three to zero. Uh, I I kind of expected a similar outcome. Uh, Dustin, like you mentioned, I'm pretty sure the last time we picked up points uh, in Seattle was 2011, and we've only won there once. So uh, I went in there not really expecting much from an FC Dallas perspective. Uh, the 
the environment around it. So if anybody's not been there before, I mean, it's truly, you know, a, I would say a downtown stadium, right? There's a lot of bars and things around it. Uh, I, I went, did a bit of a bit of bar hopping uh, with my cousin there. I tried to, uh, she tried to get me into, uh, it's called Fuel Sports Bar. It's the, the ECS supporters uh, bar. Uh, they were having nothing of it. Uh, even with, uh, even with her, uh, escorting me, she did offer for me to, to wear her, uh, big sounders jacket over my stuff. And I, I politely declined. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, uh, you know, they, they, they were, they were polite, but they basically said, no, you, uh, you can't be in this bar. That, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I mean, if you make an exception for one person, then you got to make a section for an exception for another. And then, you know, then you've got possible fights and stuff going on. So uh, I, I can kind of see how that makes a little sense, but it's still a bummer nonetheless. It is. And I'm not, so the only other really place I've ever gone to is Houston. I don't know, Dustin, if you've gone to a Houston match. Um, I try to stay clear of Houston. <laughs> yeah, but they have quite a few uh, bars right outside. I don't know of any that are actually supporter bars, but you know, I've gone in there usually where I'm the only, well, maybe there's a couple more cause it's Houston, um, FC Dallas fans. And it's, you know, so it's always, it's always good fun to banter back and forth with, uh, um, with fans over, over a few drinks, but the, the, the game itself, uh, even for a midweek game, they had 37,000 people turn out. So, you know, it's still a pretty, pretty good crowd. Um, the Seattle crowd itself is pretty boisterous. So um, at least through the first half, I think they, they lost a little bit of fizzle, you know, towards the end uh, um, as it, you know, moved into the zero zero draw. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's, the acoustics in the stadium are, are, are good, and you know a lot of the fans uh, on their uh, on their feet during the during the match, which is not something you see uh, outside of maybe the beer garden in, in Frisco ever. Um, so, so that part was uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, I tried that once, and I was told in unpolite terms to uh, sit down so they could see. <laughs> exactly. I've thought about that myself too, but I have a feeling that would be the, uh, the same reaction from the fans behind me in Frisco, which is, which is kind of, kind of weird that you almost feel like you have to sit down in a sporting event. Yeah. Uh, the, it was, it was quite interesting when, uh, Jesse had his contact gate or whatever, uh, the, uh, the fans <laughs> around me who, who were, who were generally actually quite nice, uh, were, were ribbing me pretty hard about, <laughs> about that. Um, but, uh, uh, mocking, uh, mocking Jesse looking for his, for his contacts. But, uh, overall it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty fun match. And, and a zero, zero draw, getting a point. I mean, I, th- I think we, if, if we had talked about, you know, that, the road trip, I think we both would have been pretty happy with the point. Uh, we probably would have assumed it was in Chicago, not Seattle. But, you know, um, obviously we wanted th- at least three that trip. But, you know, uh, one out of six isn't horrible on a road trip for for uh, in MLS. Yeah, I think uh, Armand and I both had that down as a loss. So a point is in, I'll take it. Yep. Well, um, sounds like a pretty successful trip on all counts. But let's go ahead and move forward and look forward towards the Sunday match against New York city FC. So this is the section of the show where we talk about stats, stories, and players for both teams. This week I was up for New York city FC, but I'm going to cheat. I've got an acquaintance who writes about New York city FC for MLS female. And I, so I thought, you know, who better to give us an opposition report than her. 
So unfortunately, though, we couldn't get the timing just right for her to be able to, you know, do the show live with us. But she went ahead and was gracious enough to record her her stat story and player to watch for us. And so without further ado, here is Kira Smith with her stat story and players for New York City FC. A telling statistic relates to player chemistry for NYCFC. The team's leading scorer is Bear with 14 goals, who is currently injured and unavailable for this match. He's followed by likely starters Valentin Tati Castellanos with 10 and Alexandra Matriza with 9. It's interesting that Bear's presence seems to lead to more Castellanos goals. 70% of Tati Castellanos's goals were scored when he shared the pitch with Bear. So we will see in this match how it goes without that partnership. A player to watch will be the return of Maxi Morales back from injury. He's the number 10 playmaker who moves fluidly all over the field, creating space. He currently leads the league with 18 assists and has another seven goals for City. The team were actually able to win without him last week at home versus San Jose, but his return will most certainly be welcome in the mid to attacking thirds. An interesting storyline is the return of Texan Keaton Parks, the young midfielder on loan from Portugal's SL SL Benfica. To those who are unfamiliar, Parks is originally from nearby Frisco, Texas, and he took an unusual route to MLS by today's standards. He bypassed the developmental academy, but continued to play for the same coach at various local clubs as well as for his high school. He was then recruited directly from high school to a secondary division team in Portugal, turning down a scholarship to Southern Methodist University. Parks has played very well, especially stepping up in the absence of Maxi Morales and earned his first goal in the last match. Parks is returning to a slew of friends, family, and old teammates who will be in the stands at this match to support him and watch him play on a field where he once played in high school. Fun historical fact, Keaton Parks was once a player escort to former FC Dallas player Clarence Goodson. Thanks, Kira, for that. You can find her on Twitter as at Kira Munsmith. So be sure to head over there and give her a follow. Uh, Jonathan, you've got our stat stories and players for FC Dallas. Yeah, so I don't have any too crazy stats uh, th- this week. Uh, there's a couple of key things that I'm watching. So one thing is, as we start to think about the the lineups, um, so far FC Dallas has, in the 31 games this season, has fielded 25 different lineups. Um, they've only repeated lineups, I believe, six times. Uh, and that's the same. The, the last time they played that lineup was uh, against FC Cincinnati. So uh, that's the one that's got the Cobra up at the top. Um, so that is the the only uh, <laughs> that's the only repeated lineup. So they've done that six times. Other than that, they've had 25 different lineups, uh, which I, I think is quite interesting because I think a lot of times we think we start doing, especially late at the late the end of the season, we start doing lineup predictions and we think, well, we've kind of got this locked down. Um, but in reality, there has been quite a bit of changes um, from Lucci over the year. That's uh, really interesting you bring that up because how I met Kira was through an article I wrote for American Soccer Analysis on uh, lineups consistency and what that means for uh, teams, whether or not, you know, they, they do better or worse after lineup changes. So that's really interesting. You mentioned that stat. Oh yeah. Um, 
we'll have to we'll talk later how consistent we think we're going to be uh one one other one other big stat um so to keep an eye on and as we as we move into this next match after scoring 11 goals in three matches uh against you know pretty uh substandard i would say opponents um fcd hasn't scored in the last two and in fact they've only put seven shots on goal uh, and that to me makes leads into my kind of the key story and key player to watch, which is, you know, how are we going to adjust the way we play both tactically? I think that um, Chicago, uh, not only was there some, a bad mistake to start out the game um, where we basically just handed Chicago a goal, you know, about you know 10 minutes in. Um, but one of the things that they that they did tactically was they continuously played behind um, behind Reggie or uh, behind Hollingshead. Uh, so they were they they understood how we had been playing, how we'd really been pushing the uh, the the fullbacks up, and they took advantage of that. So I think one of the things we're going to have to one of the key themes I think to look for in this next match is how Lucci is going to respond to that tactical shift, uh, how we can actually get back on the scoreboard uh, without you know without opening ourselves to risk against New York City, who's you know a a, a, a good team. Um, even away from home, right? They're six, four, and four away this year, which is uh, I think second second best in the league outside of LAFC. So, yeah, I don't think we mentioned uh, NYCFC is actually leading the East right now. So it's not like the, we got some cakewalk coming in at home. Yeah, and they, and they've got they, they do have a couple of tough games coming out themselves. So they're they're leading the East um, after FC Dallas the, in their last three games, they play both Philly and Atlanta um, two the, who are number two and number three against them. So um, they've, they're, they're number one right now, but they also have a, a, a tough, a tough road ahead, including, I think it's a Wednesday night game um, against Atlanta coming up. One of the key things for me to watch just is how, how do we, from a player perspective adjust? So my, my key player to watch is Michael Barrios. So I think I think Mikey has um, has shown well over the last couple of games, and in fact, I think uh, you know, considering for a lone striker um, against Seattle, I, I think he gave Seattle a bit of problems. But I think that we need to see um, see him come a little become a little bit more active in the offense. I think the key for us in this game is that Mikey's got to get either on the score sheet or go, get an assist uh, for us to be successful against New York City FC. I don't think uh, we're going to be able to rely as much on uh, Hollingshead and Reggie pushing forward. Uh, maybe we'll do it sporadically, but I expect that uh, NYFC will uh, will definitely uh, take advantage of that if they see that opening. For sure. Any questions on that before I guess move into the to the lineups? No, no, it makes sense to me, and I'm I'm dumb. So here we go. <laughs> uh, so 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 last week uh, against Seattle, we did see a number of changes from from Lucci. Uh, he switched the position. It depends on how you want to look at it. It was either a four three three or four five one with uh, with Mikey as the kind of the lone striker. Uh, I'll go through that real quick, and then Dustin, what I'll do is I'll just see kind of what changes you would make. I'm assuming you're mm-hmm. not going to stay with that exact lineup. Um, 
You know what they say about assuming, Jonathan. <laughs> so Sometimes the, you're wrong. Yes, that's right. Um, the uh, So the, the back line uh, in the last match was Hollingshead, Ziegler, Hedger, Hedges, and Brisson. So Brisson was kind of the one key change on the back line. Um, in the wing, on the wings was Badgy and Baji and Pomacall. And uh, in the center of the field... Acosta, Cervania, and and uh, Jesus Ferreira, with like I mentioned earlier, Michael Barrio says the the lone striker. Uh, we played a lot more compact in Seattle than we had, I think, but b- the the few matches before that. So Dustin, yep, you're home against New York City in what is a must win game against a very talented team. What changes yes. do you make? All right, so. <clears throat> We'll start at the back and kind of work our way forward. So I think Brasson makes way for Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon comes back in and is um, the starter at right back. And then I think the midfield actually stays pretty similar to how it was in Seattle with uh, Jesus and Acosta and Cervania. And then up top, this is where it might get a little interesting. I think there might be some some... I don't know if this is this is a hot take or not, but I, I think that we go back to Baji, Cobra, and Mikey up top, uh, and the the hot take portion of it. I don't, it's not a hot take. I don't know. I don't know. Is you have to tell me when we're done. I'm I'm not a real good judge of what actually is an out, outlandish opinion, but I think that that what you might notice out of that lineup that I just said is that there is no Paxton Pomacol. Uh I think that tactically, there's. <sighs> It's really hard to fit him in there. I don't think that w- the way that we'll want to attack at home really lends itself to having Paxton up there instead of, uh, say, Mikey and and either um, Baji or Mascara. I think Mascara is will will be coming on for Baji, uh, but um, then if you look in the midfield, there's not really a great place to put Paxton in there as well. He's not really a true 10 like like uh Ferreira can can play kind of I guess he's more of a off striker but he's playing as a 10 um and the Cervania Acosta pairing is working really well and I don't know that having Paxton come on for Cervania is is what something I'd do so um I think Paxton sits this one out tactic because of tactics and because of just the lineup's decisions that uh lucy's got to make so we'll see how that shakes out what do you think uh you thinking anything different from me on that jonathan so there's a couple of things to note uh going in uh so i know that the official injury report isn't out we we do expect that eric alexander um who's yet to see time you know for fc dallas anyways um will still be listed as officially out i have heard that Paxton may make an appearance as questionable on the injury report tomorrow. So that, which, which would even bring further credence to, uh, to your thought. Um, Like I said, that hasn't been confirmed. I haven't actually seen the injury report. Um, But uh, you know, there's a, there is a chance that Paxton picked up a bit of a knock. So we'll, we'll see you. Those listening to this podcast probably uh, will know by now (laughs) if I'm accurate or not. Um, I, I, I think the I think the formation and the uh, the lineup you mentioned is is pretty dang spot on. Uh, so I, I agree. Uh, Reggie did have that have a rough game in Chicago. Uh, bringing Brisson was the right call uh, last week. 
even when Reggie came in against Seattle, he had a, he was a licked a little off, at least at the very beginning, um, over the first few minutes. So we'll we'll see. But I still I still think that you've got to go back to Reggie. I think he is your um, your right back starter. So I I, I agree with you there. Uh, Acosta and Cervania have basically locked those two spots down. So really in the midfield, um, and the, both those guys are doing just fantastic, right? The the, the way that Cervania has been playing the last few matches is, um, I mean, it makes you wonder why he wasn't starting in Chicago. But that's a whole that's a whole another subject for another podcast. <laughs> um, the so. Long story short, you know what? I think I 100% agree with your entire lineup. I also think uh, I also think Jesus, even though uh, he didn't, he also didn't have the best game. I don't think against Seattle, you can't blame him for Chicago. I'm going to have Jesus also in that spot. I also think Paxton is on the bench uh, with uh, Baji and Mikey and the uh, Cobra um, up top. Uh, I think we're going to roll that lineup about out one more time, which would be um, the seventh time that uh, uh, Lucci plays the the same lineup this season. Very cool. All right. So with that lineup, what do you think that the score will be? Two two draw. I hate to say it. Two two. All right. I have a feeling that we're that that uh, FC Dallas is going to get back in the score sheet. They're going to let one in late, um, and we're all going to leave uh, uh, Toyota Stadium pissed off. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen. I think my gut's kind of telling me that it might be a draw as well. But if I look back to when I was doing my predictions, I predicted that FC Dallas would walk away with a win thinking maybe New York city would, would rest some key players or like the home atmosphere would, would help FC Dallas. So uh, I'm going to go stick with that just because I don't want to, I don't want to change my mind after the fact. So I'll go with a uh, two to one FC Dallas win spoiling Keaton parks return to the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. I hope you're right. Dustin, uh, who's your man of the match and then I'll go. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, you know what? Just to prove the haters wrong, I'm going to go with Baji. I think maybe Baji has a breakout game this match. I think I think a lot of the haters, now nah, they'd continue to hate. I would say they'd be happy with that, but no, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the uh, the player that I said to watch. I'm going to go with uh, Mikey Barrios. He's going to help spark the, uh, uh, spark the offense this week. And uh, let's hope I'm wrong about the defense and we, we don't let two in. Agreed. All right. Well, everything that you need to know about this podcast, you can find at DallasSoccerShow.com, including how to subscribe on your device. So on behalf of Jonathan Roz and myself, thank you so much for spending time with us and we'll see you at the match on Sunday. Take it easy. Take it easy.